Face-off, our guest, Max Winston. Hey. Hi, Max. Thanks for coming. Thanks. This was our most requested host or guest spot of all the movies that we've done so far. And I I followed up with some people and everyone's like, oh. Yeah. So. Never mind. They're all talk, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We got the one man who could walk the walk. Yeah. I I mean, I I love, I genuinely love this movie a lot. Like, I think it's awesome and just the coolest fucking thing thing well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like i and people always talk shit about it i feel like and so i wanted i was like oh and a, a chance to speak my mind about it yes please <laughs> i mean i feel like unlike the the uh other two the concept is so absurd and over the top yes. that you yeah. like if you can't get on board with it right away before you even start watching it then there's no way that you're gonna really genuinely enjoy the movie yeah i that may be where it turns some people off is they they expect they're going to be watching a movie that's based in like reality and like realistic rules and stuff. I don't know why. Cause for me, it's like, it's a movie you put it on. That's the world you're in. And if they say you can take someone's face off and put on someone else's face and change their shape of their face and change the shape of their body to look like someone else. Sure. I believe it. They, they had all the gear, all the science stuff. Like the biggest thing that I learned, uh, in researching this movie that made a lot of things fall into place was that it was initially set, a hundred or two hundred years in the future. Yeah, I read that too. In this, so, yeah. is the film? Do they ever actually tell you what year it is? Because it no. could be, it could be set like slightly in the future. Right. Oh, I don't know. Well, there's but. a. I remember because I just rewatched it last night to get a refresher or whatever, and I noticed uh, when John Travolta with um, Nicolas Cage's character inside of him uh, <laughs> is in his. The Sean Archer, the, his house, John Travolta's house with the family and stuff. He goes into his daughter's room and looks at, oh no, he, he looks at his wife's uh, journal to get some insight right. onto their relationship. And it says, it, there's a date and it's dated in 97, some, which I, was the year it came out, which is yeah, like, this okay. is the 20th anniversary of that. So, oh, so I guess it was the set in the year it came out. But before we get into the plot, um, so Max, when did you first see Face Off? Well, I remember I saw it in the theater when it came out. I mean, I was like 13 at the time, which was, you know, the perfect age to see the, some crazy action movie like this. Per- I had, yeah, perfect I age. had been like, since I was, I don't know, a few years before that, I'd been watching more and more action films. And yeah, I remember I saw it in the theater and I thought it was awesome then. And I still think it's awesome. <laughs> and I don't even think it's because of nostalgic reasons, but. Have you seen other John Woo uh, movies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, yeah, like Hard hard Target. Right. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, that's uh, uh, most of his movies are just fucking awesome. You know, like Hard Target, Broken Arrow. I saw that in the theater, too. I remember thinking that that was super cool. Um, and then like Hard Boiled before he started making, well, those three movies, these three movies 
are his first American right. movies, I guess. Like Hard Target, Broken Arrow, Face Off, the uh-huh. first three American movies. Before that, he made them, I he, guess. He made a bunch with like Chow Yun-Fat yeah. and, uh, in Hong Kong. Yeah, like Hard Boiled or The Killer. And I think those are all of his movies I've seen. <laughs> the Killer's crazy. That movie is insane. I mean, yeah. I, 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 think, I think especially, you know, the first part of his career. Because, again, I, I don't know that I've seen... Any John Woo past Face Off, but I've seen a lot of his stuff. Mission Impossible that. Two. Okay, so I have. Okay, so yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen yeah. that one. Um, Which has a lot of faces being taken off in it. Actually, <laughs> really? I forget. I Is that, that like one. his thing? No, I, I don't know. I, I, but there's, I think there's like two or three different reveals in that movie where someone takes off the mask and they were a completely oh, different right. character. Okay, sorry about that. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, John Woo movies. John Woo. Yeah. yeah so. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm about to pull the rug out from under you guys. Okay, I'm. I'm not a big, huge Face Off fan. Dave, this really That's bothers okay. me because Face Off is like my one of my favorite movies. I know, all time. you know, and I. I think our podcast needs a little drama, so I, I'm okay with admitting it and uh, and telling you guys to convince me a little bit because I know that I was big on the gospel of Con Air last time, like praising it to the moon and back. See, I think Face Off is is to me what Con Air is to you. I think so. Like that's I feel like that's where my like aesthetics and and the the pleasure centers that are hit for me right. are more aligned with like what Face Off is doing than what Con Air. Yeah, or yeah, I rock. think that's how I feel. To comparing those two films, you yeah. guys are face-off people. I'm a Con Air person. Yeah, it's, yeah. Cool. it's it's okay. I think we can live together in the world peacefully. It's like Pepsi and Coke. It's like yeah. mag- maggots and Juggalos. Yeah, <laughs> or like which member of New Direction do you like better? Yeah, you know, sure, it's like sure. everyone like th- there are options, and we need yeah. them all. Yeah. to make the world go round. Yeah, it's good. That's where you know discussion and thinking comes from i guess the differing opinions i'm glad that we could all meet here and like you know just this could be uh peaceful a mutual a mutual peaceful discussion without fighting and throwing each other out the window yeah without anyone (laughs) jumping to the side with two guns blazing in their hands (laughs) yeah i mean there i'm just gonna say some things that are like just i think trademarks of john woo movies which i mean mostly that like there's every single fight scene people are are jumping to the side a lot but i think that like level of unreality for some reason for me doesn't and i'm not proud of this but it doesn't it doesn't fire the same pleasure sensors um because it looks like a ballet yeah i mean you could say that yeah i mean this this film is so styled it's like yeah. so stylized a lot of his films are but that's one thing I think is really cool about them. It's like he's doing stuff that no one else would do, you know, and that's what I like about it. But it 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 may be like no one else does it because they think it's like awkward or, or weird or a little off or something. Well, but. see, I, I think that I think that Wu's aesthetics actually elevate the movie. Like I yeah. think if it had been handled by another director, um, Michael Bay, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, or God forbid, Simon West. Um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the man can direct three frogs to talk, Miles. <laughs> Simon West, director of Con Air, uh, got his start doing the Budweiser commercials. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that in the hands of a, of a I don't want to say lesser director, but a director with more straightforward, yeah. uh, you know, uh, aesthetics, this movie probably would have been 
a lot harder to take seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not that, not that taking it seriously is, is, is necessary to enjoying yeah. it. I feel like serious is the wrong word, but like you, but you accept you have to it. believe it. You yeah, have to you believe, believe what's it. going on. And, and I do, I guess it's like the kind of thing we sort of mentioned, like if you can't get on board with the premise, you're probably not going to be on board with the movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> In um, with the interviews that I've read about this movie, everyone talks about John Woo as an auteur, basically, which is something that we don't think about in the action genre a lot. Directors with a really specific personal vision that is immediately identifiable. And he is that. Um, and there was a... So I'm, I'm going to read from the unauthorized biography of Nicolas Cage, the man behind Captain Corelli by Ian Markham Smith and Liz Hodgson. Please, Dave. Um, please. So this is Wu talking about um, directing the uh, actors. He said, at first they were playing the emotional scenes a little more subtle, the traditional American way. But they wanted they really wanted to do something a little more real. So after the first day, I said, let's try it another way, my way. You want to cry? Just cry. You want to laugh? Just laugh. You want to hit the wall? Do it. You want to smash the table? Smash the table. You want to sit down? Just sit down. Just do it exactly as you feel. Wow. That opened everyone up. It made John and Joan Allen and Nick Cage very happy. So we tried it that way. Some people think it's maybe too over the top, but it gives the actors a lot more room to explore themselves. So we did only one or two takes of each setup, and that was it. And everyone felt wow. great because all their emotions were real, and it kept things interesting for me. That yeah, that is awesome. Like what he just said there. That's what stuff. That, that's what I love about this film. Like everything he just described is. I mean, it, the 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 one of the opening sequences with uh, Nicolas Cage's psychotic, evil terrorist character, and he's in the, the Los Angeles downtown convention center planting the bomb and and it's like and when there's that choir the yeah. yeah yeah he's dressed right. as a priest he's dancing around he, he go he, there's a singing choir of like high schoolers and he goes and sings with them and then like grabs that one girl's butt and like <laughs> he's like hitting on her and she's like into it and then he screams out it's like it's so outrageous and over the top but like to me it's within the character like he is this outrageous over the top psychotic terrorist like you don't want to see him being normal like he's so off you know he's like thrown he's He's way different than everyone else, and they make that clear. And probably due to you know acting like how or being given right. the freedom to act how that John Woo was just describing there. Yeah, he said it. He said this was the first film since Vampire's Kiss that he's been allowed to like, and you can tell take it that yeah. far. And, and and I think it works to the benefit of the movie because you know that that's just what he wants to do in every movie. Right. Is to just have the option to just go as far as he wants. Well, I think he doesn't allow himself necessarily for as, I mean, like, you know, we talk about him as an actor who has like forced directors, like his poor uncle to like, let him do whatever he wants in a movie. But, um, I think he's, he is the thing that a lot of people don't give him credit for is he's very conscientious of it and like lets himself do it. But, and then we'll do it. We'll go that far. And this is, I think the first time that he's felt it was appropriate. But I, you know, I think like joy is the right word because it's weird. I think that's another like thing that makes the movie tonally weird to me is that a lot of the themes that are being explored are very dark. And a lot of the um, conversations people are having are, are heavy and sad or scary. Yeah. But the actors, I think, are all having a great time. And it's not... It, it it's not the it, movie doesn't feel weighed down by that no and it but it doesn't lean it does it's not camp in the american sense or it, it's its own kind of campy i guess because it is it, it is campy but like 
um, that tonal dissonance of Nick Cage or John Travolta, whoever's playing Casper Troy to just like be so evil. And then Sean Archer's character, who is like such like a fucking milksop through the whole thing. And like, he's like second in line to become like head of a certain department of the FBI. And he just, nothing about his character when at the beginning makes you believe that he's really as hard as his like resume. You know (laughs) what I mean? But then when, but then when, when he's Castor Troy, all of those like latent things, maybe that, you know, mm. the, the, the man with a wife and kids and like boring desk job wouldn't want to push himself to do. He does. Yeah. I mean, he kills people in the process, which, you know, but, yeah. but he, he finally is like living Sean Archer's best life. And it yeah, took, that's true. You know what I mean? That's like, true. Yeah. and it took everyone likes him more. Yeah. Castor yeah, <laughs> Troy actually does make his life better in that way. He, 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 he like, he takes his son away and then he gives him a new life. There's that, that moment where Margaret Cho, she's like, yeah. did you go through surgery, sir? Yeah, did or you have a surgical procedure or something? Yeah, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, he did, but what the, that she says or whatever. Like, Was oh. the stick successfully removed from your ass? Yeah, because he comes in and he's like, oh, sorry for being such a complete fucking asshole or whatever he says, like for these past 20 years or whatever. It's like, it's so, everyone's I mean, like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, that's right. what, that's one thing I love about this movie is it's such a mind fuck. It's like twisted layer upon twisted layer and it keeps going. Like they keep piling it on <laughs> every step of the way. It's like, it gets a little more fucked up. You're like, Oh yeah. no, that would be, that would happen. That would happen. Oh my God. Like that's true. And it just keeps, it keeps building. Yeah. Like the shit with his daughter, Castor Troy realizes that he, he's not going to, he can't just like fuck this guy's daughter. Yeah, at least not yet. And <laughs> right. And so like, instead you get the scene where, uh, Hyde from that 70s show pulls up with her. Uh, Wait, was that him? Yeah, I didn't, oh, I didn't realize I didn't that. But I totally. didn't recognize him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you wouldn't, but he's I mean, just some curly haired dude who gets the shit kicked out of him. But I was like, wait, is it? I saw the sideburns and I was like, it yeah, can't, huh. is it? And uh, he, John Travolta kicks the shit out of him. And he's like, it, that, like that's a weird, uh, interesting like character moment where he like suddenly takes this, this joy, this like sociopath takes joy in like being like his version of a good father. Yeah. He gives her this like, he gives her like a Leatherman with like a crazy oh, yeah, it's blade. A, it's a butterfly knife. It's like it's straight up butterfly knife with the curve, not curved blade, but yeah, that like squiggly blade. Or yeah. Whatever. But yeah, that's like, I, I remember it's it's a butterfly knife because I, I was in middle school when I saw this and this movie made me obsessed with butterfly knives. Really? Like, because yeah. of that? I was like, whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> like then I, I mean, I'm from Northern California and I went to Chinatown in, in San Francisco and um, bought a butterfly knife and stuff pretty wow. much because of this movie, which I had until a few years ago. I accidentally, I accidentally brought it to an airport and they just took it from me. No. And, yeah, <laughs> but I forgot it was in my backpack and yeah, I haven't found as cool of a butterfly knife since then. And then whenever I see this movie, I'm reminded of that. Like, oh yeah, this is a movie that this is made it. me go buy a butterfly knife when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> that's like that's like the kind of thing that like Tipper Gore or someone would, would be like, <laughs> like media is negatively influencing our children. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it's like a direct correlation of that. Yeah, like who knows? <laughs> I could have I I like brought that to school and done something bad with it if I was a terrible child. I wonder how many like teenagers, teenage boys love of knives was sparked by that scene, by this movie. (laughs) There must be others out there. Uh, Simultaneously, how many boys decided to get into ballet because of it? 
<laughs> probably much less. <laughs> yeah, fighting um, ballet. Yeah. But better question: How many boys wanted uh, matching gold-plated handguns? Oh shit! Yeah. this boy did. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, that's a that. Uh, and that's a, we've been talking in the last two movies about how a lot of the cool shit that Nick Cage's characters does was his invention. And it's the same thing. Like that, he basically put that briefcase together with. Really? Cause that seems like such a John Woo. The gun, thing. the double yeah, guns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah John Woo always, he has like gun uh, he fetishizes guns really like what? in a pretty cool way. <laughs> yeah, he really does. There's a lot of, a lot of different kinds of guns get, uh, worked out in this movie. And those were like custom made for the movie. I guess those, uh, the gold, the gold pistols with that design on them and stuff. Yeah. They pre-sold one to planet Hollywood. And, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Planet Hollywood was like, before the movie was released, they're like, we need one. They knew it. They knew it was going to be cool. <laughs> but are there any planet Hollywoods open still? Or is I that, is that a thing of the past? I think they went out of business, right? Did they yeah. go? They yeah. like within the past 10 years or something. I mean, they I just... haven't seen one in years. By all accounts, running a restaurant is like the worst thing ever. Like it, it's such <laughs> it's, a, especially a restaurant like that. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. a fucking, it's essentially an Applebee's. And like, are you going to tell me that Schwarzenegger was in it for any other reason than the payday? Like, no. you know, he didn't yeah. like once it became more trouble than it was worth it. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. Like thinking, I want to be one of the best, the biggest movie stars in the world. And then I want to, uh, you know, what, what'll I get? I'll get the house. I'll get the pool and I'll start a chain restaurant with like five or six other people with enormous egos and then like have to oversee the details of it. Pack it with memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's not my dream, but who am I? I'm not Bruno. Well, if, if, if one of these guns exists in one of those restaurants, I want to go there and check it out. Yeah. I'd like to see it too. <laughs> I wonder like what they did when they, when they went out of business, how they liquidated their stock. Yeah, no, seriously. They like, had to they, sell there was, like, there was some serious, you know, uh, there's some serious, uh, memorabilia there. Do you yeah. remember some of it? I, I remember there's a big car c- flying through a wall. I just remember like the mannequins and the glass cases. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the outfit that such and such wore in this scene. Right. Yeah. I, I don't remember any specific things. I don't know. One, one of my friends uh, when I was growing up, who actually I would watch a ton of fucked up action movies with and stuff, but he had the craziest Star Wars collection of anyone I've known. And that when he was a kid, he owned a, one of the Ewok costumes. What? That like his dad's friend worked on the movie and just like gave it to him or something. He actually what? wore it for Halloween one year. No, that's insane. And he did end up selling that and a few other props he had from Star Wars like to Planet Hollywood, I guess. And Whoa. it paid for his college and everything. Oh my God, that's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah, so, so in one of those Planet Hollywoods, there was an Ewok costume. <laughs> that your friend wore. It's like you see it, you're like, that's an Ewok for, there's no question. It wasn't like a fucked up costume. He was like, there's an Ewok walking around. <laughs> but yeah, he used it for Halloween one time. Then his parents were like, okay, now put it in the, yeah. the super special secret closet. <laughs> right. All right. Let's get into, let's get into the film. Let's, uh, yeah. It's like, we've kind of been jumping around. It's hard not to though. Cause there's so much that goes on in this. Yeah. And, this and is always the temptation is you just yeah. want to talk about uh, your, the, the most ridiculous points, but like, all right, so let's lay it out. What? How does this ridiculous series of events get started? Okay, so there's the the movie opens with like a flashback. Right, where John Travolta is with his son, roughly five to eight years old. Right, and they're like on a carousel. Actually, the Griffith Park carousel. Griffith Park carousel. Yeah. Oh, I didn't um, realize. Yeah, that. yeah, and then uh, you see like Nick Cage. Uh, 
in some like cutaways, setting up a sniper gun. Right. I always and, think about that when and I yeah. go to Griffith He's Park. drinking a drink from yeah. a straw. He's drinking yeah. like a soda. Which is like Just really, I love yeah. that. Like Such that's the, cool. right off the bat, I'm like, because everything has this tone. Everything has this kind of cool sort of tone going on. Like it's because it's a flashback sort of thing. And then there's this straw with like a red stripe just sticking up out of frame. It, it's like so intentional. I, I can only assume it's like to give him this sort of other like personality quirk. Or yeah, whatever. there's I love a, there's a playfulness something. to it yeah, already, yeah. even though it's like super fucked up. Like yeah. it's, it's all like hazy and there's this like twinkly music playing and yeah. John Travolta and you just like, it, it's like John Travolta is just so loving with his son and he does the thing that we need to talk about which he does to his family members where he just like palms their the face. face touching yeah. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Which is never explained, he, which I kind of like yeah. because yeah. every family has their, has their little things like right. that. So, you know, it's not something that would necessarily come up. It's so weird. Yeah. It is weird. And I remember even when I saw it in the theater as a teenager, I thought it was weird. And me and my actually same friend that, that had this Ewok costume, we ever we always joked about it since then. Yeah. Like still do it. I go back <laughs> home and see it. We that may come up. It's like that weird face thing or whatever. And <laughs> it is weird and it stands out, but like it's supposed to, you know, it's like yeah. I feel like it's one of these things, yeah, they gave it like as this specific weird little family thing that they they just do. And I don't know how to describe it. But I think it's supposed to stand out and just make you think about what how they're interacting. It makes me queasy because you can see you see his son about to get shot and he really like pulls the moment out. Like it really like mm -hmm. relishes it. Yeah, so so he so Nick Cage uh shoots he says later in the movie he was aiming for John Travolta. Yeah, which he does. Like he shoots him in the back, well, kind of through his where his heart is. Yeah, or like maybe it was on the wrong side of the heart, but He's holding the, his yeah, kid. That's right why it hits side. his kid because right. it goes through him and into his kid's head. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to protect his kid. Yeah, and, and then, it goes and then his there's back. this crazy shot because the whole thing's in slow motion. Yeah, uh, and then there's this crazy shot where he drops to his knees out of frame, and you just see the blood on like the carousel horse. Yeah, behind that's him, gnarly. and it just like it holds on on that. It's it's a really it's a really well done shot. Yeah. yeah. So John Travolta and Nick Cage started. Uh, started the film at different points. Like um, Travolta had already been filming for three weeks uh, when Nick Cage showed up. So he'd already filmed his like part of this film of the scene as caster Troy. Was he like filming no, scenes as, as Sean Archer? Oh, okay. So he, okay. he had, he'd already done like the scene where his kid gets shot without Cage being there. And uh, I guess Nick Cage called him. This is John Travolta talking. He says, uh, Nick Cage called me up and said, John, the gauntlet has fallen. I saw your scene and I wept. Well, when he saw it in dailies, it had Louis Armstrong singing What a Wonderful World on the soundtrack, which would be really, really over the top. Uh, yeah. um, so it really pointed it up. Nick said, I'm sobbing watching these dailies. I can't thank you enough. You've made the decision for us about the level of acting we're going to do for this movie. Now I really have to work. <laughs> That's sweet. It is That's sweet. Cool. And so the way um, one of, so Lex, our wonderful guest from last time, uh, texted me and uh, was asking questions about like how they prepared for these roles, which is like this is the main thing I'm curious about because they do such a good job yeah. of yeah. playing each other. Yeah, and, it, and it's like it's interesting. Like Travolta says that it might be the only time that um, two actors have created characters like jointly that have they've 
created their own characters together. And for Cage also, this was like a turning point because they, they, so they, they had to get together and one of them would like act, they, they would do exercises where they'd be like, how do you act when you're happy? I'm going to imitate you now do sad. And Nick Cage says that like for most of his career up to this point, one of the reasons that he will use like weird voices and stuff was that he actually felt insecure that he, unlike James Cagney or Humphrey Bogart or something like those actors have a identifiable, unique, like cadence. And he thought he wasn't imitatable. And when he saw John Travolta imitate him, he was like, I actually am. I, I did it. Uh, I made it. He's like the most imitative. I know. It, I can't <laughs> believe that he thought that about himself. That, yeah. That's actually amazing to me. Isn't that, it? That, that, that he didn't think that he was, that he didn't have anything that unique about him. And yeah. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why his performances kind of calmed down after, after this. Like, yeah, I mean, huh. with the exclusion of like the wicker man or uh, bad Lieutenant or something like he, he seems like he, he brings it down uh, a notch, which is, a, a little bit of a bummer because I mm. like I like how fucking outrageous he can be, but um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting key to the Nick Cage puzzle. Yeah, Wait, and key to the well, you know what I'm well, yeah, the puzzle to the key. No. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> key that unlocks I mean, the puzzle. That's one thing about like I just don't get when people are giving shit to this movie. That I think the acting is fucking incredible. Like if you, there's scenes where I'm just like. Wow, this is so weird. Like Nicolas Cage is acting like John Travolta, and, and acting like Nicolas yeah. Cage. Yeah, it's like there, like I said before, there's so many twisted layers upon twisted layer, and just they nail it like so so well. It's so hard. I don't, I don't and know the how they were able that, to pull that off so well. Yeah, me either. And especially the way that they switch that they can switch back and forth because he yeah. goes from yeah. acting like Castor Troy when he's with his girlfriend and the brother hiding out, and then the scenes where he with his wife where right. he's like trying to convince her that he's really her husband. Yeah. The gulf between those, the emotions in those two scenes is like enormous. Yeah. And I mean, and uh, you know, it's just amazing to me that you can see him go from one to the other. And like those scenes with the wife are like touching. Yeah, they are. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of emotion in this film. That's, that's for sure. And, and we're seeing, yeah, but we're seeing actors who are playing a character who has been inhabited by another character who is then trying to imitate the character that they've yeah. inhabited. Like, I think the, the craziest scenes, uh, or the most, uh, intense scenes for me of Nick Cage's acting is when as Sean Archer in the body of Castor Troy, he has to pretend he's Castor Troy and like play up being a maniac because like there's these moments like after he like gets in that first fight in the prison, um, yeah. where he starts, he like lets, it's like Sean Archer lets himself become Castor Troy and starts being like, ah, whoa. Yeah. And he's whoa. yelling and, like, and he's like, Castor Troy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then he's like, you see his, like, he's just full of this like weird gleeful idiot rage and joy. And then he like starts like crying almost. And then he like brings himself back up in the moment. And like, yeah. Well, the, the scene in the, in the, uh, mess hall, is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. So, so yeah. where he, where he gets like knocked to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see this moment, he's like looking at his brother or Castor's brother. Yeah. And then he's got this moment where you could see he's like horrified by like what he started. And then right. when he sees the brother looking at him, he realizes that he has to get back into character. Yeah. And, there, and, and the look on his, the maniacal look on his face that he like forces up yeah. when he notices him looking at him is like, that was the turning point to me where I was like, okay, now we're all in. Yeah. Like he has to commit to being this psychopath a hundred percent or he's, 
or his, his family could die. Yeah, yeah Los that, Angeles that, could explode at that true. point. Yeah, for all he knows. Yeah. So yeah, that moment too that you just described is one of my favorite moments in the film because he makes that psycho face, and in the background there's like that ripping guitar, like <laughs> and like that's the only time in the movie it happens. It every time it blows my mind. I'm like, I can't believe the guy. I assume John Woo was just like, hey, put a shredding guitar behind <laughs> that crazy face to make it more extreme. Like that kind of stuff in an action movie is like so cool to me. Like that I, just elevates. I read that the what was it called the guy who did the music for this film the, the composer thanks the composer this was his first uh, feature doing that oh really which, yeah that's I was thinking that's actually pretty impressive yeah I was thinking yeah. about it watching it but there there are a lot of like decisions kind of like that that I was both like. Yeah, that's not as that aren't safe. That are are yeah, kind yeah. of corny yeah. and um, not safe, but they just help elevate the the tone of this to something weirder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, Sean Archer's kid gets killed oh, by. I forgot we were like by trying to go Troy. Yeah, right. There's a lot of rabbit holes to yeah. go down. Um, okay. So so yeah. So his son is killed. Uh, then you know, cut to modern day. Mm-hmm. It's six it, years later, six years I guess. Later. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 1997, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably, uh, Sean Archer is like, you know, uh, leading some kind of elite FBI task force to take down like the, the most dangerous domestic terrorist, which is Nicholas Cage's right. character. And, uh, so he and his brother Castor and Pollux Troy, which I don't necessarily want to get into it, but you should look up, uh, well, I'll, I'll get into it for a second. I mean, it's, sure, Greek, okay, it's yeah. Greek mythology. Yeah, right. But, whatever, but like, yeah. but the way that the way that the choice of those twins like feeds into some other subtext in like in the rest of the movie is really interesting to me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't read too much on like the actual Greek story, but I did read that um, Gemini is di- which is Castor and uh, Pollux is an oppositional sign to Sagittarius, the archer in the zodiac. And uh, so I thought that That's was interesting because all the names in this film are really good. Like they're they're great movie names. Yeah, too. Castor Troy, Sean Archer, like, yeah, Pollux Troy. It's like these very strong, like action film names. Yeah. What's Gina Gershon? It's cool that they have this this big meaning behind them and they're good names. It's not like, I don't know what. Who's Stanley I, Goodspeed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start DJing under the name Stanley. Goodson. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So we cut six years into the future and they're like this close to getting them to getting, uh, Nick Cage and, uh, his brother, Paul X Troy. And we see Nick Cage planning the bomb in the priest outfit. Like we mentioned, uh, singing hallelujah and, and dancing. I love how Castor, Troy dances yeah. like when uh, played by both people. Whenever he does something bad, he's just dancing. He does like a little twirl. Yeah. Like a he's slide across celebratory. the Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, heads to the airstrip um, where, okay. So <laughs> in reading about this movie, I, you can cut this out miles, but this movie was like critically acclaimed, um, which was maybe the most surprising thing I learned. But one of the, it, it got some MTV award or something for like, um, like one of the 10 coolest moments in movie history. And it was Nick Cage exiting the car on the airstrip where his like duster is blowing in the. And they the put wind. a sound effect on his jacket, like. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's oh. like oh, cool. It sounded his jacket makes sound effects. Also, this movie won an Oscar for best sound. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. 
That's wow. it. That's all it was nominated for. But the sound, the like Foley in this movie is absurd. It's so. <laughs> they, Maybe that was the style back then. I it, don't know. It's like the kind of movie where you see people having a fist fight and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and they even use the Wilhelm scream, like just so really many times. blatantly. So many times. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. The, Os- the, the Oscar committee loved it. Anyway, all right, I keep derailing us. So um, they're on the airstrip, and we get our first big action sequence where um, uh, Sean Archer shows up with the cavalry to uh, to stop his plane, to ground the plane. And it's a yeah. really good sequence. It's, yeah, it's such a good it's, sequence. That, that's the thing. Watching this last night, I was like, the whole arc of that sequence... Um, story-wise and with the characters and everything, I was like, this is in, this is any other action movie's climactic action sequence. Yeah. Yeah, this is the, the opening first, it's action the sequence. It's first six it's minutes like, of the movie. It's not even just action. It's like has the emotion with him and his brother and they're going after yeah. both of them and stuff. And you have the like, reveal. It seems like a climax, but yeah. and like how fucking cool is that? Like that's what you want in an action movie. <laughs> I think it does something really, really important that m- most action movies don't do with their fight scenes, which I'm not saying necessarily you need to do it all the time, but it, especially coming at the very beginning of the movie, yeah. it does a really good job of being not just a radical fight scene, but including all the exposition that you need. Yeah, it continues yeah, the story. It's a great it's, setup. It, and, to, yeah, yeah and, and relationships like shift and things change throughout it that are important. It's not like the, the story is paused. Like, yeah. I think the whole reveal of the FBI lady, like, who sits down on his lap and he, what does he say? He says, I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> well, he says all kinds of stuff to her. He's like, yeah, what would you say if I, if I let you suck my tongue or whatever? Yeah. It's like, and then he just I mean, sticks man, his guy, tongue out and she just sucks it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just shows it's like, this guy's the nastiest fucking guy on the planet. Like, he's awful. <laughs> Fly, bitch. That's a, another quote. But, um, he, yeah, but then the, the reveal that she is sucking his tongue because she's an undercover agent, like, yeah. that's cool. And then he fucking holds her out the plane and, and drops her, yeah, he shoots her, her and yeah. drops her. And then he, he like does that shrug, which is an amazing moment. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's great. Like that's a, that's a, a storytelling shift. And like, and you see, uh, John Archer, like make the decision. You see how like committed he is. I mean, what he like hooks his helicopter onto the, the plane so it can't lift off. Yeah, I mean, it's, they make it very apparent that he's devoted the last six years of his life to this moment, like to yeah. coming to this moment and capturing him. It's like he's it's not just another casual bad guy. It's like he has a personal vendetta in it, obviously. <laughs> he thinks it's the climax to the film. Yeah. His yeah, character yeah. thinks Well, he thinks it's the climax to, like, his life. His job, yeah. yeah. He's going to yeah. basically take a desk job. Yeah. And, so, yeah. so they... They end up, yeah, so they ground the plane. They end up capturing Pollux, and there's a really cool, like, standoff shootout between him and, and Nick Cage. Yeah. Which, and then they eventually get him, too. Uh, or, no, he, he, he ends up, like, in a coma. Right, yeah. They, he, he turns on, a, like, a, a plane... Uh, engine, engine or like, like yeah. a jet turbine. engine. I right, love that yeah. And then it like blows Castor, Castor Troy away. And, and like then, it knocks him out or something. Right. Like. But he told him that he's about to unleash the biblical plague Hele deserves. So we know there's a bomb 
and uh, or we knew already, but more importantly now, Sean Archer and the FBI knows, know that yeah. there is a bomb in an undisclosed location and that's going to go off. And they the, they do the first of uh, many like they're dancing essentially like, and there's this like standoff where they're both pointing a gun right at the other's face. And it's like, someone could just pull the trigger. Like it would be over. They like, why don't they? And it happens well, he, again he later does. in the movie he, with the, with the mirror scene. Right. Again, yeah. they're, they're face oh, to yeah, face with guns at each a, other and no one pulls the trigger. Moment. But like, yeah, that opening when they, they have, they each have the gun to their head and they both say like, He's like, you only have one more bullet. And he's like, so do you. And he's like, oh, I guess we have something in common. Yeah, or we know our guns. And then Nicolas Cage, he does. He's like, God, and he shoots it, but he doesn't have any more bullets. And right. then he drops to his knees and pretends that he's like giving in or whatever. But he secretly like pulls a knife out or something. Right. And he starts singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, why would Sean Archer like believe that, that in that moment that he's actually submitting or whatever? Well, and, and, and his character, Caster. Troy knows that too. Like I, that's another like great like moment where he's like, okay, don't hurt me. But he turns it like in the middle of that sentence. So you just see, I mean, he's just, he's a fucking maniac. Very manipulative, everything. Yeah. It's awesome. And I love like that. He, when, uh, John Travolta's character, Sean Archer, just like, the Nicholas Cage stumbles in front of that engine and, and John Travolta just like slams that he slams his table of buttons just like Bleh! and it like happens to turn on the thing like yeah. I'm glad he hit the right button there <laughs> it's pretty funny and it's yeah it sucks him back and he th- he assumes he's dead after that I guess uh, yeah right but he's he's actually in a coma yeah um, but before we find that out we see Sean Archer go home we see his daughter who has the craziest eye makeup. Yeah, the, her reveal of like what she did that was bad is so good because you see the back of her head. And what'd she do this time? They're like talking about the daughter. Oh, you have to see for yourself. And she turns around with that extreme close up in her. She had this crazy 90s girl, like um, weird make, eye makeup. Her, well, and yeah, her, ring and- her eyes are like outlined. And then like she drew other like, like cartoon eyelashes <laughs> coming out around them. It looks really weird and cool. It does. And that's like another thing. I saw this when I was like 13 or in middle school. Of course, I had a huge crush on totally, this girl. Yeah. It's just funny. Super 90s girl. There. Well, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's, it's not it's what 90s movie costume people thought like punks looked like yeah which is yeah, it's really it's like own, shiny clothing or something yeah like. really specific look and i was really into it too like she looks yeah. like she's from a rob zombie music video yeah. <laughs> it's great <laughs> sean archer's like it's over you know i'm it's fine like the long nightmare is over i'm gonna take a desk job and uh and go home but there's oh. a bomb it's it's gonna blow up la there's a bomb named Sinclair. I really loved the the graphics that Pollux created for the bomb. Yeah. I know. I wanted to talk about that. Or just mention that a little bit too. Yeah. It's so they're so cool and funny. It's like, what does it say? It's like blow me I'm go- or something. I'm going to blow you yeah, it's away. Like this naked chick. I'm going to blow you away. Yeah. It's just it's Sinclair. So, it, it looks so cool. It's like. I feel like I'm surprised I haven't seen like an animated GIF of that like little like thing on the internet yet or whatever. Like someone's got to do it. I Miles, the first thing I thought when I saw it too is that it looks like Ringo's art. Yes, it does. You're right. It's just like shitty digital art. It looks like MS Paint. For if you yeah. don't know, Ringo Starr uh, makes and sells thousand uh, dollar digital artworks what? that he like made in MS Paint. I did not know you that. Should, you should visit Ringo Starr's website and I will, some definitely. of those galleries. It's a treat. It's it's delightful. Whoa, crazy. Um, yeah, so they don't know where or when the bomb's going off, uh, and they need to get it out of Pollux. But then they 
they go they go back and forth for a while. There's a lot of like FBI desk talk, and they and they finally decide like, okay, uh, the only person that he would tell is his brother who's in a coma, but <laughs> there's some sort of like new experimental technology where they can do full facial transplants. Yeah, and they tell they tell John Travolta, you know this guy inside out. You've been chasing him for years. You're the only person that can do this job and be convincing as Caster Troy. So then he has this moment where he has to, oh, but the catch is it's totally black book. So it's right. totally yeah, no off the knows, record. No, no one, one knows. Know. No one except the f- couple doctors in the room and like the right. head and his partner, who's the head of this operation, will know that he had his face switched. Yeah, and and his voice changed with a little thing in his, yeah. his voice and his body complete. Like There's they, all sorts of weird like cosmetic things they can do to make him look like the other. Remove guy. his scar. It's yeah. It's funny. Like that. There's a at this point in the story. There's like a couple moments where for me, even someone that loves the movie, I I notice here where it's like that's a little. It's a little ridiculous because he even has that moment where he goes in this little mini tirade where he's like. You mean you're asking me to leave my wife in the dark, leave my family behind? Blah, blah. He's like listing all these terrible things, and and then in the end, after the little the little monologue, he's like, "I'll do it" or whatever. He's yeah. like, "Okay." And he's like, "Wait, wait, okay." You just like said all this bad stuff you don't want to do, but then you're. I mean, I guess in the end, he knows it's the only way. Like, well, so. it's like what you're talking about about like just accepting the movie's ridiculousness. Like it, it almost like. It just, instead of hiding it, it just lays it out. It's like, so yeah. you want me to do this completely ridiculous thing that no one is, you know, that yeah. like, why on earth would I do that? But I'm going to do it. And yeah. as an audience member, you just have to be like, okay. okay. Right. Also, the, the other kind of moment that happens right around that same time that I think is, is sort of funny is, you know, they're like, oh, the only person that would be able to do this is, is get the information from him is his brother, Castor Troy, but he's in a coma. There's no way we can do that. We, there's no way we can get the information from him. And then the lady is like, well, there is one way. It's like, <laughs> right. you know, they went from like, we don't know how to like, we're going to do the most extreme po- humanly possible thing, <laughs> extreme thing humanly possible. It's like, it's really funny. Like this huge jump. You yeah, know? They didn't stop at any of the like practical steps. Yeah. It's like, up. Well, there I don't know, must like a microphone other- in his cell and yeah. just hear what he no. said. Like there's nothing, no. it's just like from, from nothing to like. 200% insanity, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I, which I think is cool for a fun action movie, but it is one of those moments where I can see where someone might be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Sean Archer becomes Castro Troy, or, uh, I guess John Travolta becomes Nicolas Cage or Nicolas Cage becomes John Travolta, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. There's, there's many angles you could, you could look at this from. I just want to talk about the surgery scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love this type of stuff. Me too. So the thing that I really, really enjoy in movies like this is, and especially when there's like vague, like futuristic, like tech, like technological aspects to like any kind of thriller or action movie. And maybe that's why I like this movie so much because that's it, such a big part of it. But the way that they just take their time and they savor like every single step in the process, you know, where like you watch them get their face lasered off. Yeah. You yeah. watch the weird polyurethane like face mold that like pops it yeah, off. That's and like then like, shape, and, that's yeah, like and then the there's, skull there, shape there's like a weird like robot arm that like swings over and then the like CRT like computer screens with all the pictures and the stats uh-huh. that are like rolling by as they're working on <laughs> percentage the, bars. Yeah. And right. Yeah, like, like little like green, 99%, 93%. Of, like, yeah. yeah. Of people. And, 
you and you need that scene because like for, again to accept this premise you need to see exactly how it happens yeah and it's like of course that's not realistic but within the world of unknown weird like black market government owned shit like yeah why sure, not? yeah like that's realistic enough within this world for, for me that they, I believe they could do that. You and, know? and I think to like, to, for, to suspend your, to keep suspending your disbelief though, you need to see, you don't need to know that the science is in, impossible or whatever, but you, you need like to see the face come off and yeah, go on yeah. the other face. And, and the, the one thing I, I was reminded of rewatching this was like the way that that sequence deals with like the blood and gore aspect of it is, is genius. Like, the face is lifting up and the camera like moves with it. And then you just see like a little bit, like a less than a second of the muscle, like tissue on the face or yeah. whatever. So like, you're like, Oh my God, it really happened. You know, but they don't hang on it. They don't, they just reveal it enough like to where it, it hits you. Yeah. It, and it makes you think. And of, uh, when they do show it, it's out of, it's in the background out of focus. Right. Like they show the doctor or the machine that's like right in front of it. And that has the focus. So you just see like a weird, like blurry, red yeah thing it, like it on, really on the operating you, table like, even though it's so it's so subtle the way they do that surprisingly in a very non-subtle movie <laughs> well when when you see like when caster troy wakes up later and and they do the same thing they they show just little brief shots of of him without his face like talk walking and talking it's like two real quick shots you're like because yeah they're keeping it sorry to interrupt you but like yeah they're like keeping it secretive you yeah. hear him then Boom, they just like show you it for a split second. And then a second later, they show you it again for a split second. Like they're trying to do like a jump kind of thing. Well, I think it must, if they jump. linger on it, I bet you would, it would look ridiculous. It yeah, would look like yeah. just a bunch of bacon on his face, but they, they turn it into like a, a reveal, like a cool reveal. Yeah. Um, they're like, yep, he, he, that is how he looks. And I, I was saying, but that whole sequence, I'm like, one thing I've never really quite understood is, it's not just face off it's like body off i mean yeah. you know it's like did they bulk up uh nicholas cage's character's body to be more like john travolta's and and my and then we i my friend rich i watched it with last night he pointed out he's like actually i want there's one moment on the one of those crt monitors where there's something about with their bodies and it's like body mass muscle mass and it's like shrinking and growing so you know they take a moment a very brief moment to address that you know like yeah there's something we're doing with the bodies bulking up shrinking down muscles they tell they tell travolta that he's going to lose his love handles too (laughs) but also it's funny because they're not physically neither of the actors like visually they're not physically similar no not at all yeah central is very bulky but i mean that that's what i would say like they slightly address it they're like we did something with the bodies too yeah yeah (laughs) and that's enough for me like oh nick cage is really hairy too so it's like then they say something about how they're gonna use plugs for body hair and i was like that's a fuck ton of plugs (laughs) yeah also i like how i mean they're ambiguous about the timeline i'm assuming the operation like only takes a couple hours. Yeah, but I feel yeah like, in and out. Like, like this is the sort of thing where like that this is a highly invasive procedure. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't just be like, all right, well, uh, we're done, so you can you can Make go it out I for guess. dinner. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it heals like that, like no bandages or anything. Like no scars, no Nothing. bandages, no, they, like they, no welts or like red marks. They, they talk anything. about that. Like, They're like, yeah, there's no marks or anything because <laughs> of this technology. You know, like it's it's funny, but that's what I like about it. They don't just get into it. They kind of they make, I would say, like, valid enough excuses, like, in the in the conversation about it. Like, 
yeah, it's it's crazy, but it works, you know? <laughs> yeah, they, they make enough. They're, they're basically just like to the audience, like, look, we know about your questions. We're just going to say, don't worry about them. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's something that's interesting about that, like seeing the the ear, when they first bring them into the laboratory, they're growing an ear for a different yeah. uh, customer person. We do stuff like that now. I know. Like 20 years later, it, it, 3D like printing three, yeah. is being used in medical ways to grow uh, like not necessarily a real yeah. ear, but like body parts and organs and stuff were to replace. I mean, all kinds of stuff is being 3, 3D, 3D printed now. But at the time, that was not a thing. Yeah. Maybe in an extremely preliminary way, like people trying to figure it out. Yeah. But that was kind of yeah. and it's very very similar technique. There, just because I do I do stop motion and there's 3D printing involved in that these days. So I've like seen the machines and how there's that liquid like rising and then they're zapping certain parts of it with like this laser that theoretically is curing it. I was like, whoa, that's crazy because it's just a moment in the film, but that is based in what would later become like an actual technology. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did take us what from this movie like. 16 years but eventually we got a face transplant right you know yeah. like, i mean they're not that common but they've they've started to happen so no I, yeah i mean this movie was in all seriousness ahead of its time in that way in the same way that like jurassic park was like people are trying to do that with a woolly mammoth now like that mm-hmm. that stuff is like i don't but it's amazing because uh i don't think this movie would really get any serious credit for that but it yeah. should yeah, huh. it should. I also, agree. <laughs> also, they would never use that. They would never use those medical techniques for anything like this. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> like if they knew how to do that, they're not using them for like black for like black ops, like FBI. Yeah, they're gonna save yeah, someone's it's life. Just or like, whatever. listen, this person's dying. We need to give him a new face. Right. Like, <laughs> they're like, you know, I'm going out on a limb here. I got a crazy idea. Uh, let's just let's just take off their face. Let's switch faces and see if we can get anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's wrong with them no no there's there, there's nothing wrong with them we just want to see if it works yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can do it so nick cage and there's a great scene when he's he sees himself in the mirror and again this is another nick cage thing that like where he breaks the mirror fuck and you, yeah fuck you fuck you yeah. yeah and it's it's cool i mean you need that moment because it's so much better than him just waking up and being like, all right, let's do this. You know, yeah. that's, that's, it's outrageous, but it's realistic. Like you, I mean, he's in his enemy's body. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's like, and that's the moment you need where he has this reaction that is unexplainable. You're just freaking out, you know, because I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> the, the guy who he's been obsessed over for six, seven, eight more years who killed his kid. He's yeah. a, he's the face that he's been obsessing over is his face now Seeing through the, those eyes. It's really crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, so he gets sent to Erewhon prison. The uh, I, I think they used an oil refinery for it I guess. Or, or an oil rig. I mean, also, it's funny because prior to this, the only uh, like, I mean, I'd seen this movie many times, but that is the name of the prison is one thing that never stuck with me. So me do you know, do, do you know that health food store? Era I one? was thinking that exact oh, same yeah. thing. So, so when I was watching it, cause that, that's the only context for Erewhon I have fucking growing up in LA. Like that's the only Erewhon I knew. <laughs> so when I saw this movie again, this time I was like, Oh my God, the name of this prison is Erewhon. I don't know why that is just, that was funny to me that like, it was funny to me too. Cause yeah. I only learned about that health food store a couple of years ago or something, but 
I was like, I, the name always stood out to me. It's kind of an odd name. I don't know where they got it from. It sounds like some kind of wheat or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then, yeah, I, the same thing happened to me when I watched it last night. I was like, oh, my God, that's, that's funny. Like, did they get their name from Face Off? <laughs> I, I guess it's an anagram for nowhere. And, oh. A, and, oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It, that makes sense for the prison. Yeah. yeah I, don't I don't know about the, the health I don't know about store. the vegan health food store. <laughs> okay. So they, they bring Nick Cage to the prison and the first thing that happens is they strip him naked, put him under a spotlight, and then just all these dudes surround him and walk around him with guns. And this guy's like, when I say your ass belongs to me, I mean exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you were wondering where it kind of turned this movie's going to take. Yeah, it's it's very like, I mean, I, we talked about the sci-fi element. This is the whole prison shit is the most sci-fi thing. Yeah. And and I mean, okay, all the prisoners are given magnetic boots that uh, that like stick to the floor so and, they can't run away. Yeah. And so they can be tracked at all times. And it's like, the, John Woo was John Woo says that he's not a fan of sci-fi movies. Like he really wanted it to be in the present because, or else he felt he, he couldn't relate to it. Which is funny because oh yeah, because it's a premise I could relate to anyway. And for, like, for me, that would seems like it would take care of a lot of the like you know the the questions we have about like realism. But for him, it's the other way around. And um, but it seems like he's like oh no, magnet boot prison. Uh, that yeah, that has to exist, and they play nature films on the yeah. on these it's giant. Super, this is another time when I just feel like wow, this movie's so stylized. Yeah, and, and like, who would put a huge ass screen just playing nature movies in a insane prison? I mean, it makes sense. You want like in this weird way, you want them to experience the outdoors in some kind of way. Right. It's just so like hyper stylized, and I think really cool. I feel like if this movie was set in the future, I would just be like, oh, it's a it's a sci fi movie. Things may make more sense within the world, but. I think it's cool that this stuff yeah. that was kept from the sci-fi, like weird futuristic aspect is it's all the weird underground unknown government stuff, which right. like does make it work for me. It's like, cause I, I kind of believe there's something like that out there sure. right now that no one knows well, the, about, you know? And that was cool. Have, it's like, you're watching this movie, it's in our world, it's in our time. But then you're like, oh my God, there's these fucked up, weird underground, like right. government. How do we know like, there's not just some kind yeah. of like off the record, like ex oil refinery, like maximum security yeah. prison in, in the ocean somewhere yeah. like that. I believe that that exists. And, and yeah. as a kid watching movies like this, watching this movie, it's like that stuff didn't stand out to me at all. Cause I yeah. just accepted, I'd never been in a prison. I mean, totally. I, I, didn't know anything about and so, uh, like i just like be like yeah okay it's uh what they have a big tv that they show in the magnet boots and stuff like i just i just accepted all of that stuff which is cool yeah like, that's what kids are good at that <laughs> yeah um also nick cage says this line where he's telling pollux why he can't remember uh things why is like it's like i took a tab of bad quantracks like yeah, which isn't Quantrex isn't a thing. It's not a thing. Oh, I don't no. think. I I don't even know. I've never but, heard that. It could just be some super bad guy drug. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's yeah, it's just another thing. I mean, also like when he's hanging out with the the bad guys later, they're like, yeah, let's do drugs. You want to do drugs? And they're just like, that's like all drugs? they do. They just hang out. They do drugs and they plant like chemical bombs. But like, that's what you just said when he says like, I took a bad Quantrex or whatever. That's one moment where it happens a lot in this film where he constantly does this thing. Cause he knows so much about him where he points out very specific things of from Castro Troy's life yeah. to like verify to everyone around him that he is indeed him, which is weird. It's like, 
you kind of need to do that in the film, but like Castor Troy would not talk like that. You know, right. he'd probably say, oh, it's like I took some weird drug. And, right. but, and said he used that specific word. So his brother was like, oh, okay, that is a drug my, my brother would use, you know. But it almost like could give him away from be trying to be so specifically Castor Troy. Like, yeah, it's, I it's, this interesting. it's like if I showed up and I was like, hi, Miles. Hi, Miles, my friend. I It's me, David. Yeah. I came to Sherman Oaks, where you live. You know? <laughs> yeah, because like later when he does go to the bad guy lair, he points out, he's like, I forget the names, but he's like, oh, Julie, Julie Blah and, and Robert Blah, you guys are still selling drugs around these <laughs> yeah, parts, huh? It's like, totally. yeah, they're your friends. You guys hang out. Like, why would you even point that out to them? <laughs> oh, Dave, I see that you're still wearing Converse and you yeah. still got those same tattoos where they were last time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's kind of just like uh, a reminder. Friends, so right. I noticed these things about you. I almost feel like it's a reminder they do to remind the audience like, oh, yeah, he knows everything about him or whatever. Which yeah, is, but he better not s- slip up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he's in prison, and uh, he gets the information about the bomb. But not after starting, like, two prison riots. Yeah. yeah and almost killing that, that guy, with almost beating him with a lunch tray, the, the big, lunky dude or whatever. Yeah, the, the guy who, uh, ca- the real Castro Troy made a sex sandwich with his wife and yeah. sister, <laughs> we're told. So he's stuck there, and Pollux learns, like, because the real Castro Troy in John Travolta's body uh, lets Pollux out of jail and uh, decides to let uh, Nick Cage just rot. First, I we we need to talk about the part where Caster Troy, without his face, in the hospital right. room, oh my God. wakes up out of his coma. Right. Yeah. In, right? in a so, moment so, that is so, so horror is, film, yeah. like it's crazy to throw that into action film. And they're like, Doom! and th- <laughs> and and this is where the whole movie pivots to become like what it is. Yeah. Because. It'd be a weird fucking movie if he just had to be a covert Caster Troy the whole time. Right. But the fact that Caster Troy wakes up and then somehow looks at his self. I mean, there's there's a very hyper stylized like horror movie-esque scene where he notices but the takes the bandages off and he notices uh, uh, it's it's so good because the camera's yeah. behind his head and come, yeah. come and you see his hand go past the behind his head area and then when it comes back he has blood on his fingers yeah. it's just like so like so awesome. somehow so somehow he figures out what happened well he's watching the films uh oh, of the, that's the, right. the yeah. footage right. of it when the footage of the actual operation that they yeah. made for studying purposes or yeah, I guess. Like yeah, scientific yeah. purposes he calls I guess his buddies right. and is like blah, blah, right. yeah he's all like gurgling and like so like so he calls his uh like fucking goons or henchmen has them kidnap the doctor in the middle of the night to bring him back to the center to then essentially he, he forces the the doctor at gunpoint to turn him into Sean Archer. Yeah. He kills. And then he kills the doctor. He kills Sean Archer's partner. He, he kills, kills everyone who he knows kills everyone who knows that this went down. This, right. Cause it's off the book. So he just takes out everyone that but we find that out later, on. I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah so, but it like, but that's, that's what really like sets everything else into motion because now he, they've truly switched and, uh, the good guy is in prison for, uh, something he didn't do and the guy who did it is out fucking his wife 
Yeah, it's crazy. So <laughs> ultimate <yeah>. cuck move. <laughs> so then, <laughs> Sean Archer is the ultimate cuck. <laughs> um, well, I, I was I did write a little note like when I was watching it. It's like this is the ultimate bad guy infiltration. Like yeah, yeah, ever, ever. Like you cannot get more intense and extreme than the way this bad guy infiltrates the good guy's life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then Sean Archer as Caster Troy visits wait no the other way around caster troy as sean archer visits sean archer as him in prison <laughs> right and yeah. basically like explains to him what he did what happened how he killed everyone how his family doesn't know and how he's gonna basically leave him to rot in prison and go live this awesome life as sean archer and like yeah. he's gonna live sean Arth- yeah, right. archer's best life yeah um yeah. and then and then let's Pollock's out of jail. Yeah. Well, he goes home to his his wife and to, to Sean Archer's wife and is basically just like, come on, baby, let's fuck. Let's do it yeah, right Yeah, he just <laughs> right, right away wants to stir the pot. Like, <laughs> And she, I love, she's like walking away. She's like, oh, no, I have to do stuff. And it does like, <laughs> it. I love, it does a shot of her ass and there's yeah. a bass, like a fretless bass that goes like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guitar sting. <laughs> It's like kind of another version of that. And it's interesting because this is another like John Woo decision that like the the studio wanted a younger woman as Sean Archer's wife. But in a rare thing, especially in action movies, like she's a woman who's actually uh, John Travolta's age. Yeah, the same age as him. And um, but the camera still sexualizes her as it would like as it does his daughter (laughs) later. But um, that's I, I always thought that was like a notable decision. It and, is interesting. And she yeah. does a great job. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's like, great. I don't know the reasons why he fought for her specifically, but... Jo- Joan Allen? Yeah. Like, probably just she's thought great. she would be great, and yeah. she was. And but, she is. Yeah. yeah. She was also, side note, she was in Peggy Sue Got Married as a teenager with uh, oh, really? Nick Cage. Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Oh, do, you know, do you remember what character nah, she played? I don't. Hmm. But yeah, so he, he goes home, and he reads, <laughs> he reads Sean Archer's wife's diary, where she's like... And like it's been three weeks since we've had sex. Two months. Two yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what a loser. And he just like says that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And and we get, like we said, that scene of John Travolta creeping on um his own daughter, essentially. Oh, so can I can I tell you something that I noticed about yes. this? Going back to her being the typical nineties teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh she has a Siamese dream poster next to her bed. That's great. Oh, okay, yeah. I was looking at some of those posters. I didn't recognize all of them. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize any of them that I noticed, too. But, uh, yeah, I, her whole situation is I was into it as a teenager. I felt yeah. like I, I would have been friends with her. Yeah. Or I would have, like, wanted to be friends with her and not so actually got, talk to her. Or, like, which she was my babysitter or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so while nick cage as as sean archer has to get out of jail he, he, he with a to- totally different goal now is the interesting thing like sean, sean archer nick, uh, castor troy in sean archer's body is just like boom boom dismantle the bomb do all this right. shit i'm the fucking hero blah blah and so that was like that was uh, Ca- uh sean archer in nicholas cage's body's goal he's like I have to get out of here so I can dismantle the bomb. Save right. Los Angeles. Then it's like, no, nah, I just dismantled the bomb. Now I'm the fucking hero. Everyone loves me. So now he's just like 
okay, well, I guess I have to get out here and set my life straight and tell everyone that this psychotic person is about to have like one of the highest positions in government or whatever. It's like the goals change there is pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Again, like it's such an interesting choice that like what seems like the big, uh, another scene that seems like it could be the climax or setting up for the climax of having to dismantle the bomb is actually, he's like, Oh no, yeah, don't worry. I, it's better to just be famous and successful and to just have a bunch of power. And this is the easiest way to do it. And, uh, he's telling his brother that yeah. or he's like trying to, and, and it works and it leads to an <laughs> another scene of like great dancing and, great graphics. He tells the shit. bomb disarming guys, he's like, get out of here. They're like, sir, we need to dismantle. He's like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he waits okay. till there's like one, literally one minute left on the timer. And everyone's like, he's like, what is there, what can we do? And the guy's like, run. But everyone's being pretty <laughs> casual. They're like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess we're just, we're fucked on this one. But, um, it's almost like another ballet when he dismantles that bomb. I mean, cause he's dancing, but even mm-hmm. the way he presses the things and yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. John Travolta, the man can dance, the man yeah. can move. Um, Kenny, do you have any proof of that? <laughs> yeah, there's a, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't actually. Well, I mean, Greece and yeah, Saturday Night Yeah, Saturday Fever. Night Fever. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> so Cage has to break out of jail, and um, we have our second big prison riot where uh, he, he goes up to, the, uh, to the, the guard and asks for a cigarette. Which, yeah, which is is awesome. Yeah, and um, what what does he do? He like he punches. He like knocks the guard out. Yeah, he just starts of. Yeah. He just wants to get in trouble, so they bring him to that shocking thing because that's where the guy's like the only place they take off these boots is when they put you in the shock machine or whatever. Right. They blast right. your brain with electricity and just and which, try to zombify you, which is so fucked up too. Yeah, yeah. and um, so yeah, so he he starts he starts the riot. So they so they take him to shock therapy. And then, of course, he times it exactly the yeah. like two seconds between when they take the boots off and when they shock them. Well, they give him a real ci- a lit cigarette. Yeah, the, the guard that uh, sucks. The he's kind of an echo of the the shitty prison guard from Con Air. From Con Air, yeah, yeah right, right. Who, who you just hate the whole time, and he fucking he burns his wrist with the cigarette. Yeah, he uses the cigarette as a weapon, which is cool. Awesome. <laughs> And uh, and gets out of there. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say about that. It's a huge scene. Yeah, it's yeah, it's but, cra- well, There's know, some it's, interesting things in it. Like he he tells the big lunky dude. Like at some point, he's like, no, like don't shoot these guys. And, right. and he realized like, oh, he's not he's not just this ruthless, reckless guy. He's a conscious like good guy still yeah. he does shoot people because he has to get out of there yeah. but when it's not necessary he's like don't just kill them you know yeah. like, i thought it was like oh that's kind of interesting huh yeah unlike con air where they're like you know the big sequence at the end where uh we're Las- trying to get the insulin <laughs> no where La- <laughs> where las vegas gets destroyed and so he's already it- gotten the insulin yes okay. yes <laughs> baby o has his insulin but he's been shot and there's this whole, like, we were talking about it. It's like, okay, it actually would have been better for them to shoot down the plane than, like, kill all these people in Las Vegas. But in Face Off, there's a bunch of decisions that he makes where people die. But I didn't have any of that same thing. I was like, yeah, Sean Archer's actually doing the best he can. And yeah. these costs actually match, like, because if he can't stop, if he can't stop uh, Castro Troy, like, sh- the world is in real yeah, trouble. Yeah, like, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, the worst thing is going to happen. Um, it's it's really cool when they he he somehow gets onto the roof of that weird building in the middle of the ocean, and that's when you first see it from the outside, and that was really cool for me because I'm like, 
whoa, that that's what it is. It's just a totally nondescript thing that's right. out there, like near a city. You know, like and that it kind of makes you think. Like we were saying before, wow, something like that could be out there. <laughs> I, I guess he he jumps off and swims. He jump. Well, that's the funny part. They don't yeah. end that scene. He they, jumps off. He lands in the water, and the guys in the helicopter are just like, okay, like, and then that's the end of the scene. You're like, wait, so because he landed in the water, they're like, fuck it, I yeah. guess he's gone. Yeah. And then the next time they see, and then the next time the audience sees him, he's he's back in L.A. like yeah. trying to find his trying to get to his wife again yeah. or, or no, no, he, he goes to the, he, okay. So yeah. So let's, let's, well, let's move on to there. Then. Well, two, so, well, two yeah. things. Yeah. Um, the Nick cage says that shooting on top of that, uh, helipad was the, one of the most frightening days of his life. Cause John Woo has the actors do a lot of their own stunts. It's the same thing. He's like, if someone is actually scared, I want to see them being scared. Nick Cage was actually like running around and jumping around in like high winds on the top He's of like the of heights or something. Yeah. I think. And so he gets back to, to LA somehow and steals a beige Volvo. I'm sure you guys read the same IMDB trivia that I did. They, I, I didn't realize that this, this action trilogy is actually a beige Volvo trilogy. I didn't I, I, know about the one in Con Air. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that. But but I remembered the reference to The Rock. Right, because in The Rock, um, what the Sean Connery says to uh, Nick Cage's character that he probably drives a beige Volvo. No, no, he tells him he drives a beige Volvo. Oh, he Volvo tells him that because he actually he, does. Because he, he says something like, oh, in your, you know... I don't know. He names some uh, other brand of car, okay, and then yeah. Nick Cage is like, actually, I drive a beige Volvo. Right. <laughs> it's a and, weird little nugget they put throughout, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and then in Con Air, uh, Dave Chappelle falls on a beige Volvo, <laughs> being driven by Major <laughs> Briggs. <laughs> and uh, and in this one, Sean Archer steals one. Yeah, I, I like to think of this now as the beige Volvo trilogy. Yeah, I guess it is, really, I guess. Um, it, so, yeah, he, he steals it, and uh, then what happens... Well, I think actually I forget. He goes, Doesn't he go home yeah, and he's he in goes, his wife's room and like is right that, that moment? No, yeah. no. He 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 goes back to he goes to Castor Troy's like penthouse hideout. Yeah. With, oh, oh, okay. Right, right. right. Before and he goes. Yeah, the yeah, wife. yeah. Because that's I assume where he knows he'll be safest for the time being. Which right. I love that reveal of that location because you're like, oh, cool, man. These are so just like these classic comic book bad guys. They yeah, have like these, this cool pad. They just hang out and do drugs yeah. and like fuck in and it's like really cool. It's and, like yeah. the whole it's so floor. Classic, like, it looks like an airplane hangar. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's just it's just a bunch of like, yeah, like general baddies just like doing drugs and like, you know, Having yeah. like weird like party orgies and just yeah. like it's it's like everything it's like every bad thing that like a evil villain would do they're yeah. all they're all doing everything at once like, yeah <laughs> yes and uh, and he shows up and they're like oh cool you you made it out of the you made it out of, you're oh, not cool. dead you escaped from maximum yeah. security prison welcome yeah. home yeah like, they're, they're all just so cavalier about it let's yeah. fuck let's do drugs. Like, yeah they basically say let's do drugs and they do and they think he gets all weird and <laughs> right well and he tells them that he wants to take his face off and yeah. then and they like it's another weird like meta moment where they they sort of labor it they're like wait you want to take your face He's off <laughs> Yeah, they do the whole hand gesture and stuff. Yeah, and uh, th- uh, he, he has that other line. He says, I have to use the little boy's wee-wee room. <laughs> yeah. And he leaves, and uh, we get another moment of him looking in the mirror and, like, freaking out yeah. because he's on some uh, unidentified drug yeah. and looking at his... Quantax. And, yeah, it's it's another good moment. And Gina Gershon... 
I remember her character's name is Sasha Hassler. (laughs) She's uh, trying to to fuck him and reveals to him that her Her son son is his. Is his, is Castor Troy's. And Sean Archer in Castor Troy's body has this huge emotional moment. He does the little face palm on the the kid. Yeah, and he... Hugs him and starts saying is his old son's name and yeah and 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 so I guess this was like they when they showed this film to test audiences to jump ahead a lot like over I think it was like sixty two percent of the audience said that they wanted to know what happened to the son so so that's why they wrote in yeah yeah interesting so okay. that they filmed they he added in this element of him wearing headphones during and listening to. Uh, somewhere over the rainbow which i guess he added as like a more paternal thing and then at the end uh sean archer adopts him so uh uh, john woo really wanted to use somewhere over the rainbow and the the studio straight up was like it's way too expensive to license we're not going to give you the budget for it so he paid for that licensing out of his own pocket no shit because he needed he's like i need that song in that sequence wow it's so good too it's it's one of those things that people could see as i don't would tripe be the word or something but i don't i don't see it that way i see it as unique i guess when i see that scene it's like maybe since this movie that has become a thing but i don't know the late 90s like that wasn't that wasn't happening a lot like these kind of slow motion action sequences to some pretty song or something. I, feel I mean, like that you happens know, now in every superhero movie now. Or yeah. yeah. Or like inception. That was the whole fucking, you know, that was the plot of inception is like, Oh, when you hear this really beautiful old timey song, like everything slows down. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And in this film, it's, it's, it's a story point. Like the kid is actually listening to the music and the scenes kind of from his perspective. Yeah. And that whole sequence is talking about stylized. Like that is so stylized the way it's like you're saying before, like oh, these, a lot of action scenes, people are like keep jumping to the side. Yeah. This is even more so. It's just like a gun goes up to the screen. A person like jumps away. It's like there, there's all these shots that aren't even connected. And it feels like maybe how this kid is experiencing the, the sequence and it's pretty cool actually yeah it, it's not like they just put the song in there to make it seem like a cool like that one director does that zach um oh, the directed 300 yeah yeah um, he's like that's like his thing it's like put a cool song over a cool sequence you know for no right. reason but this like has context within the story and it, I, something that gets leveled uh, against michael bay a lot i think justifiably is that he his action scenes um, I forget the film school term for it, but you you kind of you lose sense of like of space, like the sense of space yeah. and direction. He cuts almost arbitrarily between like crazy stuff happening, and I think Con Air like was edited in a very like in a way that you never lose sense of the self of space. I mean, yeah, there's it, it's, way less of yeah, that it, in it's that a film. plane for the most part. John Woo is somewhere in between where yeah, there's he edits uh, his films kind of impressionistically, but you don't lose that sense of grounding. And I think part of it is the emotional element that he's actually good at. Like there's a, there's this dance like combat and chaos, but the emotional through line is always strong for all the mo and that's another sequence that's really long with a lot of different points his brother dies like that's a whole thing there's the part where they're pointing guns at a two-way mirror basically yeah. pointing it at themselves in the other person's body and like that that i think is the most successful climax because it's like we were talking about earlier like like a lot of these fight scenes they're all the caliber of what the climax in any right. other movie would be like yeah. but i think that is 
the best climax of these fight of the fight scenes in this movie. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, and it's really, I don't know. It's not cheesy. It could be cheesy. And it it should be. It should should be be cheesy. Because you're like, obviously they're looking at each other in the mirror with the guns pointed at the reflection of the other person. Like it's so. I guess it's very like on the nose or something. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's not subtext. It's just text. But it's a great idea too. Yeah. If this movie didn't have that, it would just be a little weaker of a movie. Like it's it, such it a would. good moment. Yeah, they're, they're, John Woo is not afraid. It's like the acting again. It's it's over the top because to John Woo, that's real. He's not trying to sneak symbolism into it. It's very t- textual, but it's real and it has emotional heft to him. And he he directs it as such, and it and it works. Yeah, and I think that's again like my brain. Watching this, I think less than your guys' brains. I, I, it's like I'm like, wait, but you can't just do that. You can't. <laughs> you, you can't. Like, how can I praise this as being successful when you're not even trying to hide how smart you are? You know what I mean? Like, well, it's weird. Like hearing you talk about the film, it sounds like you do like it. A I, lot. Do, I do. <laughs> I do. I do really, and I like it more the more we talk about yeah. it. But um, my like base animal reaction to it. As opposed to like Con Air where whatever like, you know, it's all the like quippiness of it or, or I think is a big part of it for me. And all these different characters, like it's an ensemble movie, like all of those things for some reason hit an animal point in my brain where I'm like, yes, I want to live in this world. And the face off yeah. world, I don't want to live in. Like it <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But see, that's why I think it's so successful. Yeah. It, it it has it's it has the 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 structure and the story points and everything of a silly movie, and then it treats all of those story points and all those action scenes and everything with like this like complete gravity that yeah. that I, I think again like this is like the kind of movie that Michael Bay wants to make and thinks that he's making, but for me it just doesn't add up. I mean, outside of I I do love The Rock, and we talked about how that's different from the most Michael Bay movies, but like there's a, a, that style of directing my, again, like I'm used to being, feeling like I'm watching a bad movie and unsatisfied by it. And so this movie is like disorienting for me <laughs> in that it it's so stupid, but so smart and good also. Yeah. <laughs> where are we in the story? Yeah, where There's so we- many little twists. Um, oh yeah. So big shoot up. At the bad guy's spot, uh, Gina Gershon kisses her brother on the mouth. That was weird. Yeah, I know. You're like, wait, I thought they, yeah. they said that he was her brother. Oh, he is her brother. Oh, okay. All right. That's maybe something they do because they're both like hot or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, something that is interesting, I realized throughout that scene, well, there's a moment where Caster Troy in John Travolta's body almost shoots Caster Troy's son. Like he yeah. goes to shoot him. Yeah. And, and I think he's aiming for him, not her. Uh, and, and but then the brother, her brother, comes in the way and he shoots him instead. I was like, "Whoa, that's fucked up!" That yeah. he almost shot that kid. He didn't, and he didn't know that kid was his, and he never knows actually. Yeah, he never does. Yeah, find which out, I huh? thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. She tells him, but when she tells him, it's John Travolta's character, character. she's telling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. I a couple other weird little things. Mark Wahlberg was uh, turned down the role of uh, Pollux. Troy. Oh, good. That would not have. I worked uh, out no, at that all. guy. That guy was great. That guy <laughs> yeah. really made it. Yeah, whoever that guy was. Um, also, 
in, instead of going to the, uh, the bad guys hideout in an early version of the script, uh, Sean Archer hid out at Castro Troy's mother's house who they wanted to be played by either Elizabeth Taylor or Jack Nicholson in drag. Oh my God! What? This is according to IMDb, so I don't. <laughs> oh know. Oh my God, that's but, insane! <laughs> yeah, but I, I might even like that better. <laughs> like as if we need one more crazy thing. Suspension in this film. Yeah. of disbelief. Like this film just brings you along. It doesn't stop. I mean, the action stops, but between it's like all these crazy, awesome action sequences. In between them are these sequences of heavy emotion and stuff, and it yeah. just doesn't really stop. It keeps like pulling you through and that would just be <laughs> another step in that that craziness really so uh, leading up to the big climax we we have a couple moments we have um caster troy a- as john travolta or whatever um he he gives his boss a heart attack his boss is like you i know you're time magazine's person of the year but uh and you're but you can't keep doing these unorthodox things. It's another almost meta moment where he's like, all this shit that you just did where all these people died, like that's not by the book. Like you, there's actually yeah. going to be some sort of consequence for that. And John Travolta gives him a fucking he's heart like, attack. Well, then I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Archer finds his wife and like tells her to basically test his blood to do blood analysis because she's a doctor handily. Yeah, he's like, test our blood, you'll notice that. Yeah, that's the one like, thing they couldn't change in yeah. their uh, in their cool surgery, and so she does. And uh, he shows up at the hospital, and she's like, "Okay, I believe you now." Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, for the pacing. I feel like that happened way too easily, though. It yeah, but I it, I this movie's already over two it's hours like, long. Yeah, there there is it did happen kind of easily, but I don't see how it, they could have done it any other way. Like when he's first confronts her. At, in Nicolas Cage's body, he's confronting his wife in their house. She's freaking out. Like, she really yeah. is freaking out. But, like, what do you what do? You do? But there's that moment where it sh- shows there's, like, a cop in their house just trying to protect her. So he's trying to keep her quiet. But it's like, you know, she's not totally convinced at first. But the stuff he says in that moment, it's pretty real. And he's saying, like, oh, remember when we met or yeah, whatever. He tells the story like, of you know, the what's, what are you supposed, what You can't even know what you would do. You know, you'd, I'd yeah. probably do what she did. Just sit there freaked out unable to really move or speak and then okay i'll do this thing he said and if the blood test is right then it's right if it's wrong then i know that my enemy just like came into my house and fucked with me um it's like i i feel like there's no other way that scene could have that that no story point could happen yeah i believed it i believe that 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 made sense to me for her character so and this leads to this insane Mexican standoff in this church where, uh, which I mean the, okay. So the scene of, I don't know how, how did they end up at the same church together? They decide the next day is the boss that John Travolta gave a heart attack. It's his, it's his funeral. funeral. Yeah. So she says like, she'll know exactly where he is and that he'll be accessible. So that's when he has to come to like confront Uh, him and fight him. Right. So there's this awesome like scene where th- I'm sorry, like if I'm gushing, but no, this, gush. <laughs> this last scene in the church all the way through the end where they, where he finally shoots him is like, oh the, my God. it's like the coolest scene. I it's, know. Like, yeah. I just, the- I think there's like, I think it's everything you should do in like a climactic fight standoff action movie scene. Like I think it hits every single point and then some like exactly on the nose. I forgot about the moment, but I, I really love it when, um, 
John Travolta comes in and sees Nicolas Cage and he, he's like, you're still not having any fun. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's just such a great, like, he, yeah. moment where he, he, he walks through with like the altar and the crucifix behind him. Yeah. And then there's all the doves that right. for some reason are in the church that like fly yeah. out of his path when he starts walking. And it flashes to the, to like Christ's uh, yeah. pose and to, I think, John Travolta's pose. He does right? a pose, yeah. And then it like, like a flashes Christ to Christ on the cross in the church. I mean, it, to me, it seems like they're trying to make some direct comparison or, or something. Maybe he thinks he's godlike or something. But it's like this, you can't make, like, edit in a way that would be more like directly comparing two yeah. things, you know? It's yeah. Like, I don't know exactly what they're trying to say in there, but it's like, it's just one of those things they stick in there, like, make you think about the moment or something. Yeah. You're that. just like, okay. Yeah. Um, there's this heavy. But there, he said something else. He's like, Oh, what a religious! This is such a religious religious experience, or something like that. It's like, it's pretty funny, but I like how um, he's prepping in there before they meet up. He's kind of like looking at the candles, and I think he looks at the picture of his son and yeah. stuff. It's like this prepping for the big fight kind of thing. Yeah, it's this build up is cool, right? And then big standoff with his wife. And oh my some, god, everyone's in, the, in that standoff. Yeah, and then His like daughter. Yeah, the the daughter, the daughter. The moment that really gets me is the daughter has the gun. So so she like picks up the gun, yeah. but she doesn't know about the switch. The switch. So she just sees Caster or who she thinks is Caster like beating. Yeah, her dad. it's so confusing. And then she that grabs the gun her. and she like wa- and she like walks up to him and then it's the classic like no, don't shoot me, shoot right. him, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, even before that when that, that whole Mexican standoff thing when the girlfriend um Caster Troy's girlfriend with that has the kid and stuff comes in and then in John Caster Troy and John Travolta's body is totally acting like Caster Troy. He's like, come on, what do you, what do you, what do you think, baby? He's acting yeah. like that outrageous, like terrorist kind of persona. And, and Nicholas Cage as, uh, the John and as John Travolta is being very just like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. And that's another one of those acting moments where I'm like, wow, they're totally acting like each other, trying to act like each other. And it's almost like, why wouldn't the girlfriend notice? But at the same time, how you would yeah. never, you would never think that's the case, but they're each doing such a good job at, at acting that's playing themselves in the other person's body. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so she daughter shoots, uh, cage, right? No, she is about to, and then they do. I, I, I don't, I don't remember specifically how it happens, but they reverse it somehow so that Travolta then grabs her, right, and the gun, and then and now then, we're gonna find out what what's in Papa's bag, right? Peaches. So yeah, so so he's got so he's got the daughter like with the gun to her head, yeah, and then he like licks her face, yep. which I think is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen anyone yeah, do in a movie. Yeah, yeah it's um, so, so creepy. And then like tosses her back to the mom, and then like runs away. So oh, then, but no, but. Not before she pulls the move on him yeah. that he taught her. With the knife. She, she oh, stabs right. him. She does the stab. She stabs him with twist. the knife and then it's like, twists. It's yeah. so like good. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Good thing you gave her that knife. Yeah. So dude. then, so then he like drops her and then runs down to the cliffs because they're because the church is like by the ocean. Yeah, he goes to, down to the dock, right? And, yeah, and, and steals. He, she just shoots the this dude who's sitting in a speedboat yeah yeah yeah. like 50 times man yeah speedboat and then yeah this fucking scene holy yeah it's incredible there's 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 like a speedboat race 
the, but the, okay. So the craziest stunt that I've maybe ever seen in a movie is where he's hanging off the side of the boat. Yeah. You know, where like where he grabs yeah, onto the rope. He's like water skiing without water, without skiing. water skis, <laughs> like right up against the side of the boat. Like that's so dangerous. And, and he yeah. was actually doing that to some, I mean, there, the, he, there was definitely a stunt man there, but like there's shots of cage actually yeah. hanging off that. You boat. can like see cage doing yeah. it. It's, it's really, yeah. I, I think the moment where the speedboat goes up, like ramps up through the police boat. Oh my God. Yeah. They it. use a boat as a ramp. I mean, it's like, but like blast through it and it explodes. It's just like one thing I, I almost fault this movie for is that it's so long. It's like two hours, 20 minutes, which now yeah. seems to be like the normal length for action movies these days. But back then it wasn't, but I am so glad it's that long. Cause then we get this insane like boat chase at the end. And the, that the end point where it's in slow motion and the speedboat is flying and the two people yeah. they're flying on wires and, and like, like and and it's a moment like this movie is almost completely practical effects yeah. and it matters dude like yeah you feel you it feel it that could easily be CGI now like that all could be CGI and I guarantee I wouldn't have the same feeling as as seeing this you can tell it's a real boat. Yeah, totally blasting around, blasting around <laughs> people on it, flying off it. And, and and then finally, like the last like fucked up decision that thing that Caster Troy does is like Sean Archer has a harpoon at his chest and he knows that it's up, that the the jig is up and he's like, he takes like what's a broken glass or like a knife or something and starts fucking up. Yeah. He's like, face. well, at least know that whenever you look in a mirror from now on, you're going to be looking at my face. And he starts like carving up his face, which is actually John Travolta's face yeah. That, yeah. that he wants back, you know, like, yeah, like, that's no, no, don't do that. Fucked up. It is. It's like, he's so twisted. He's going to cut up his own face just to later have yeah. someone else's and face. And then he shoots up. him with the harpoon. Yeah. yeah harpoons that's him. that. It's fucking, that's such a dramatic death. Okay. So the, 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 I actually made a note of this because I think this is the death is an instance of when I think Travolta did something that only Nicolas Cage does, which yeah. I, which I really appreciate that he, found you know he was like well how would you know it can't just be a dramatic death it has to be a cage death right yeah. so the face cutting is the first thing the way he's like maniacally mm-hmm. like slicing his <laughs> face that's he's, some shit like even the facial he's doing the face yeah that's that's the yeah. nick cage and then also as he after he gets harpooned and he's like bleeding out and he starts singing as he's yeah. dying that was like if i closed my eyes and just heard him dying i would th- i would have thought that was nick cage acting yeah, yeah totally like he does like travolta just spot on figured out exactly how how to die as nicholas cage yeah, it, yeah it's amazing they nail it and yeah and then we get <laughs> he he goes to the hospital comes home with his old face again perfectly intact tells him back to normal he doesn't need the old scar He's worked through his, his shit. Yeah. He's past it. And they adopt, uh, you know. Castro Troy's son. Yeah, cousin Oliver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, because when when Gina, I forget her, her name, but then that character. Castro Sasha Troy's Hassler. Old, yeah, yeah. When she was dying in Castro Troy's arms with John Travolta's character inside of Castro Troy, she said, like, promise me you'll always take care of, right. of our little boy. And, and he's 
obviously says okay and because it works out for him he wants a little boy and like you know he made this promise and well and there's this and like it's poetic the guy that yeah took his son totally, yeah, now is adopting that guy's son well, there, they, they do this, the face thing to him and, yeah yeah there's this cool like element too that we didn't discuss that like when um when gina gershon is pointing her gun into the mexican standoff john travolta is like he's like baby it's me i'm yeah. i'm caster troy like this is and she's basically like i don't care because nick cage the nick cage version of you has been much cooler that's um, true huh yeah I had like so it doesn't matter yeah because there's that scene when they first meet up and she's she's ma- ma- mad at him you know she's right like, you haven't even been around like what do you want me to do just just jump on you and then she like does jump she on does. him she's like, you just want me to jump on you and, and she like gets all sexual and he's like whoa, whoa wait a minute like we should <laughs> probably shouldn't be doing this you seem angry in the, <laughs> Where, in like caster troy would have been like yeah okay bend over whatever like in the original draft of the script they were he was supposed to like Sean Archer as Caster was supposed to have sex with Caster's girlfriend. And then they, I think John Woo. I think Woo, like, yeah, Woo didn't Yeah, Woo was like, that's like, not, like he never cheated on not his do wife. That, like, don't, yeah. He would not yeah. ever do that. He's a good guy. It's just one, one, one more thing that like makes me this, think this is a good movie. Like it's not a, as reckless as some people may think. You know, there's a lot of good thought process behind the story and how it's told and everything, all the characters. Yeah, I think that that's like, maybe that's one of the, what what we're kind of circling around in terms of like what makes it good is that like there none of these things are arbitrary there's like a bunch of decisions that John Woo or the actors made that could read as ridiculous but they're all intentional yeah yeah and and it's all a part of a greater thought process that you if you can accept it if you can get into the world of it then it it succeeds well and i think that what also makes the movie so successful is that no one involved in the making of it from the director to the actors to the script writers thought, oh, we're just making a crazy action film. It's good enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, like no decision they made was just because, well, it's good enough. It's not important in the context of this kind of movie. Yeah, totally. And, and they really they really made sure to like think through a lot of those options and then really settle on the one that not only, you know – pushes the story forward in the best way but also there's you know some kind of poetic element or like something really you know hyper stylized that kind of pulls something else into focus yeah uh, everyone trusted john Wu. yeah i think they trusted his vision and they trusted that and they they were treating him like an artist and he delivered something artistic yeah i mean this is like this is one of the most artistic like popcorn action movies I've ever seen. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like we keep bringing up, it's so styled and, and stylized in in some really apparent and outrageous ways and some more kind of subtle ways. Even just sometimes I noticed watching it last night, I was like, he would just switch to like a wider lens for like some one move of a sequence. I was like, whoa, that just changed everything. And it kind of made me think, I'm like, it made me think of Wes Anderson actually, really? oddly enough, because I, I was thinking man, why don't people like this movie? It's like, to me, it's just, I, I mean, I really think it's one of the best action movies of the 90s, really. And and it's it, it has, when it comes to action movies, it has everything you want and more. It has like the best action sequences. It has, it has great acting. It has, in between the action sequences, there's actual meaningful, like emotional scenes that like add to all these characters' arcs and stuff. It like really has everything you want. And I was thinking like, maybe because it's styled, I'm like, well, no, people love style films. Like people love Wes Anderson's films. And and there's like some of the most styled films being made today, you know, right. like stylized. Like, 
I feel like maybe because it's just an action movie to people, they yeah. like think to see it as lower than something as whatever Wes, An- Wes Anderson's doing. You know, not that this is styled in the same way as Wes Anderson or even that extreme, but it is in in ways that yeah, as well, because the director has undoubtedly his entire like footprint is over the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. You know, in yeah. the sense that when you see a John Woo movie, it couldn't be made by anyone else. When you yeah. see a Wes Anderson movie, no one else right. is going to make that movie. Yeah, it's similar in that way. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think people just don't let themselves like it because they don't want to, because they, they just, well, because I, I honestly do, do you want my opinion yes. from like what I've yeah. talked to people about this. I think the fact that Cage and Travolta are the main characters, no one, not no one, obviously. We take Cage very seriously. Yeah. But, you know, I think the majority of people don't actually take Cage or Travolta right. as seriously as, like, real actors. Right. Yeah, so a- when they say when they see the two of them as the two leads in a movie where they have to play each other, it's like, oh, like, what is that? You know, like, what is that movie going to be like? And, and yeah. we haven't talked about this, but initially before John Woo was involved with this, uh, the, the script had been kicking around for years and uh, they uh, initially uh, Schwarzenegger and Stallone were supposed to be in it. It's like would have been totally different. Yeah, totally well, different. Like, and in the uh, Max, I don't know if you know this, but in The Rock, Cage's Cage's role was originally supposed to be um, Schwarzenegger. Oh, really? Which like doesn't make any sense. That's crazy. At all. I but feel it, like they just wanted to put Schwarzenegger in, in any action movie. Oh, it's an action yeah. movie. Which is Schwarzenegger? Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's, oh, it's between the years of like 1985 and <laughs> yeah. 2000. Yeah. Oh, is there an action movie? Oh, we should yeah. just put Schwarzenegger. I mean, in it. Yeah. T2, like True Lies, like he was he was going strong. Oh yeah, I mean, I love Schwarzenegger, but, and he's in some great films. But this was like uh, Junior, Twins. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he can't do it all. Like I can't. Everything I read about this film, yeah, with a different actor maybe being involved every time i read something like that i'm like oh no way like this is just how it was meant to be you know <laughs> well yeah imagine schwarzenegger and stallone imitating each other no i can't, it would be wild I, can't. I mean i don't know if they could do that like not to put them down i, I love both those those actors in in their own ways for different reasons but they kind of do they kind of just play versions of themselves yeah like i can't they're not mimics and they and yet they're both so imitatable but um, this was the start of like a change in action films. Um, I I think where putting a more kind of like average person in the main role was becoming uh, more commonplace rather than like someone who was right. Because like, before this, it was Stallone or like yeah, Van Damme uh-huh. that was like right. You know, and now it's like nowadays action movies they they put like A list actors or whatever in them all, all the time. It's like the thing to do, huh? Yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise became an action star a couple years ago. Right, just like no one, like Liam Neeson. That? Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, he's made three Takens <laughs> <laughs> and some movies that are kind of like Taken. <laughs> and then Nick Cage made Stolen, which is right. kind, which is kind of like <laughs> Taken also. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. We haven't either yet. Directed by Simon West, who did uh, Con Air. Oh, oh. Could be cool. I, I heard it was kind of cool, actually. Really? Well, I guess that's another movie, but well, you can you can guest on it. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll have to check it out. Um, so this this movie came out what like a week or two weeks after Con Air within the same month. Oh, really? Air. Oh my God! Yeah, oh, I it, forgot. Nick about Cage that. was the action star of '97. The action for king some fucking of summer. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but and. Wow. Um, and it was it made two hundred and forty one million dollars box office, 
which was less than Con Air, actually. But it was more successful than anyone thought it was going to be. And and like I said, it was almost like universally acclaimed by critics, which again is funny now because I think its legacy is as like corny. It's a it's a punchline. It's a punchline. Yeah. Face off is you a punchline like, now. But at, also in recent years, I don't know, five seven years, like. I feel like with the internet and internet culture and memes and all that kind of shit, Nicolas Cage has taken on a new life in that amount this the past five or seven years as as being this silly, outrageous, f- freaky dude. I don't think he was really seen that way before until you can like with the internet, people can make compilations of, you know, the 10 craziest Nicolas Cage moments. And everyone's like, whoa, wait a minute. Nicolas Cage is outrageous, yeah. you know, but although there were people that were aware of that before, I feel like he's kind of exploded in this different way as this one of the most outrageous humans on earth, basically, Yeah, he's which be- is like good mean. and bad. Like, but I think maybe when this movie came out, you know, it wasn't like Nicolas Cage, the crazy psycho person. It was just like, oh, Nicolas Cage, that actor that has done some kind of crazy roles maybe. And, well, and- um, yeah, he was looked at differently i think at that point yeah i mean clearly there's something in the zeitgeist because when i was first when i I first started this uh idea i was doing a a blog back in like 2011 um and then if i realized other people were also doing blogs of Nicolas cage movies and i was like ah fuck it and then (laughs) miles and i started the podcast and then we realized that there's what like three four a couple there's more (laughs) podcasts out there but even as memeable as Nicolas Cage is, I still feel like there is this like ironic distance that everyone feels like they need to take, like, you know, respecting this movie as like a, a good movie. People are afraid to do it. And yeah, um, oh, yeah. and and it's easy to it, to make a compilation of every time that Nicolas Cage made a really over the top acting decision, yeah. and to just be like, "Oh, he's he, it, he's kooky." It's easy to make the compilation. It's much harder to watch every movie and and make uh, a podcast. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> but also, what about like no one, no one, everyone like with the internet, everyone's so quick and easy to to jab at things and make fun yeah. of stuff. And it's the easiest which, thing to do is talk shit about right, something. Which it is. No I, one, no one's going to make a compilation about the best, the like 10 Daniel best Nicholas Cage, like, the oh, best, okay, the 10 okay, best. I well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could right. do that with Nicholas Cage. You can make the 10 best acting moments of, you know, but yeah, or like, you know, the 10 best, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis, whatever moments of acting. Like people just want to see people kind of get shut down these days. I, I feel that way at least. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's a lot easier to tear people down than to build them up. And it's, it's safer. It's it's safer yeah. to you. You don't like put yourself out there as much saying that something is stupid rather yeah. than saying that no, I think this is a good thing. I mean, yeah. seriously, and Max, I'm sure you're with me. I will fight to the grave that Face Off is one of my favorite movies. Like, and I yeah, and, and for obviously there is some enjoyment in the ridiculousness and over the topness of it, but it's it's really not for like ironic or lol isn't that crazy like reasons. yeah like i legitimately believe that it is a well-made action movie yeah absolutely like i said at the beginning like i genuinely love this film especially as an action film it's it is one of my favorite action films and um, yeah yeah it's the perfect cap to the the beige volvo trilogy and um, so we had the sunshine trilogy and then we had the, the beige, beige volvo, volvo trilogy. trilogy yeah nick cage had you know he started with the rock because he felt that action was the last, uh, 
genre that he hadn't conquered and that he was he had been in Firebirds and been embarrassed by it. But he felt as like... As were we for him. Yeah, as, right. as, as yeah, was everyone. I have even seen it, actually. As was America. Don't. Don't. Okay. It, uh, <laughs> But he he felt like he did it after Face Off, after like, I mean, three spectacularly successful movies, the kind of the most successful movies of his career. Um, I mean, he didn't get an Oscar, but he was catapulted to a different echelon of actors and was getting paid seven million or something to, to appear in a movie. So he changed it up again with uh city of angels which is what we're watching oh is that the next one yeah Ooh. all i know mm. about city of angels is meg it, ryan is meg ryan it's ba- and 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 the goo and the goo goo dolls that's that's song. it that's literally oh. well i mean I, I i've seen wings of desire which is i have supposedly loosely based on oh actually dave if you're i know should i watching one movie is a lot of homework, but if you're able to, I would recommend watching Wings of Desire. Okay, as well. yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch both. And yeah, I didn't know those two were related, but I have seen Wings of Desire, and I have not seen City of Angels. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's loosely based on it's. It's okay. not like an exact remake of it. Have you seen City of Angels? No, I've never okay. seen it. Never seen it. But we've all seen that Goo Goo Dolls, Dolls video like many times, yeah. though. Yeah. Huh. Well, cool. On that note. Max Winston, uh, do you want to plug anything? You've got a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I do have a podcast with some of my friends. It's uh, called the Guar Cast, and it's uh, all about Guar, the best band ever. <laughs> That's another one where it's like you know, it's something. I mean, they are one of my favorite bands ever, and it's like people think they're just silly or funny, line. but they're also good. They are silly and funny, but they're also good. And nothing can stop that band. Yeah. Like, they're, they're still going. And even though the lead singer and uh mastermind of it all passed away, like, well, geez, I guess a year and a half or so ago. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still doing it. We're doing the, the podcast, the Guar cast. If you're at all interested in Guar, you will like it. And maybe even if you don't like Guar, you may still find it entertaining. Although it's pretty nerdy. Like it gets pretty Guar nerded out, Guar nerds. Um, but, you know, that's cool. And, yeah, uh, as it should. And then I, I have a band called The Manx. I guess I might as well just mention that. It's yeah. fun, crazy music. They uh, will. We're making a, are singing full length right now. And it'll be out later this year. If you want to look up The Manx, you may, you may enjoy it if you like weird ass music <laughs> yeah the manx played one of the best shows i think at nonplus last year max thank you so much for uh advocating for this movie i think this is the a podcast that the world needed to uh take a stand for face off me too like i said i really love this film and i just want to like you know shut down all the haters hell yeah <laughs> and i think that we even lock them in prison like, with magnet down boots. today because at the beginning of this podcast you were saying you didn't like the film but uh, hearing you talk about it it sounds like you think it's pretty awesome and great so. you know I, I it's not that i didn't like it it's just that um i i knew that i was i wasn't in the same love circle as you guys but i think yeah. i think i'm there now i think i think you guys have shown me the light until next time when Miles hates City of Angels, and I inexplicably love it. And, uh, <laughs> and that's okay, Dave. That's what makes this podcast so successful, and it's what keeps us coming back. That's why yeah, every, everyone agrees that it's an incredibly successful podcast.
most down. charismatic man in the universe. I mean, really, though? <laughs> like, Maybe at one point. <laughs> yeah. Well, his charisma kind of, like, curdled into something really creepy, I think. Like, he's still really charismatic, but in, like, a really, like, kind of unnerving way. I mean, he's dead yeah. behind the eyes. Yeah. Like every, single, yeah. like, every single shot of him, like, there's just nothing there. Yeah, he's a replicant, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 